Giff, let's get into the SBS. Um, it's a segment that we all want to, you know, talk about as uh, the sports world, as we know. You know, sometimes there's funny moments. Sometimes there's just topics that you want to discuss that you just shake your head saying why. Um, so we're going to do two each, and I will introduce the BS buzzers right now. Bullshit! We called it a bullshit. <laughs> okay, Giff, I have the Jimmy Butler clip here. Uh, no pun intended. Or actually, I should say pun intended because he literally undercut Jalen Brown. Stolen by Brown. Jalen Brown ahead of the pack and throws it down, and Boston regains the lead. He's not putting any pressure on his left foot. He's hobbling in the backcourt, now puts a little pressure on it. Don't get me wrong. Jimmy Butler is a great player. He really is a good player. But I think when you look at specifically what he did on the play, it's just dirty. And I, I don't know if he meant to do it, but, for example, I've lived through that. I've gotten undercut going up for a block. And the guy pump fakes, put out his right arm, and I fell on my wrist and I broke it. Luckily for Jalen Brown, he came away without a serious injury. He looked a little banged up. But I think that's substantial to know that that is not necessary. And I'm sure Jimmy Butler went off to Jalen Brown and whispered in his ear, Hey man, I didn't mean to do that. It was a dirty play on my part. I'm sorry. But I'm still going to call it that's BS because, yes, the, um, the outlook or I should say the conclusion of the play didn't result into a serious injury. But we've seen it how many times where a guy gets undercut and he breaks a leg, Paul George, right? Or, you know, he has like a torn ACL or he breaks an arm, Gordon Hayward. I, I just think, or, or, you know, broken ankle. I just think that was such a, a ballsy move by Jimmy Butler during, during that stretch to do it. And I think it did work out to the Miami Heat's advantage because Jalen was hobbling. You know, you could kind of see he lost a step. But at the end of the day, that's not necessary. It's un unnecessary in this basketball day and age. And we've seen it so many times. And luckily, again, for Jalen Brown's sake, he didn't get seriously hurt. But he could have. So I just think that was a, uh, definitely... Um, not a light touch by Jimmy Butler. I think he he did it with a purpose. Yeah, I I, I think um, it was definitely a a can be conceived as a dirty play. Um, I don't know if if Butler did it on purpose. Um, you know, from from watching uh, Jimmy Butler play, I know he's a dog and he's he's gonna fight you tooth and nail. And listen, if it gets a little you know dirty along the way, so be it. I mean, we 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 all know that coming from Philly, and I don't know if you've seen that podcast that he did with J.J. Redick. Yeah, um, I did. Yeah, yeah but he's, he's not afraid to, to speak his mind and basically say, you know, if something works, it doesn't work. So he's definitely an alpha, and he definitely, you know, is a competitor. I don't know if it was on purpose. It could have been a lot worse. Um, hopefully it wasn't on purpose. Um, but, yeah, it was definitely definitely a pretty pretty shady play, you know, with, with uh, Brown going to the bucket and, uh, you know, coming up a little bit hobbling after the, after the dunk. If I may step back a little bit, I don't think I don't think it was on purpose. I just think it was a vital part of the game, and I think it was a bad timing play on his part. So I just want to kind of rewind. It wasn't on purpose, but it definitely had a meaningful part to that second half in the third and fourth quarter. So bullshit. 
All right, so my first uh, that's BS uh, pick is um, I'll go out and say it. How gutless and how safe and how non-risk or risk-adverse that all of the GMs were pertaining to Cam Newton. Like, I'm feeling disrespected. Like, I'm feeling like, bro, because every team at one point had to say, okay, fellas, Cam Newton. What do we think? Uh, pass. You feel me? And that's the disrespect that I feel. All right. So here's the thing. Now, you can say that Cam was on the decline. You can say that he, you know, he had a couple of injuries. Okay, fine. He had a shoulder injury and he had a leg injury. However, can you really put into terms, if you look at the offensive teams that Cam had around him with wide receivers, with running backs, and I know he got in at the tail end of, of Steve Smith's time in, in, in Carolina, but still, the amount of talent that that guy has and the fact that he stayed unemployed for 86 days, and then, out of nowhere, off the top rope, the hoodie comes in and goes, oh, no one wants to no one wants to get this guy, huh? Oh, okay, so you think that just because that I ran an offense for 20 years with Tom Brady, you don't think I can stop at a dime, and me and Josh can't figure out a way to make Cam Newton a great part of this offense, think and, twice. A, dominant, think and twice. a dominant rushing attack? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let me go ahead and take on that challenge. So my that's BS call is the fact that NFL GMs, some of them, well, let's say most of them, are too worried about getting fired versus going ahead and making a splash to make their team better. So you mean to tell me, okay, you mean to tell me that if you're the New York Jets, if you're the uh, if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, if you're the you know if hell if you're even the Atlanta Falcons, or if you're any of these teams that have just crap bags for quarterbacks, Chicago Bears. Okay, you mean to tell me? You're not going to go take a flyer on a guy who was a previous MVP and took a less than stellar Carolina team to the Super Bowl. Now, look, they got worked by Denver. I get it. But still, you mean to tell me that you're not going to take a flyer on a talent that that big? And you mean to tell me that you don't want to make a splash to try and win? Or, God forbid, that you change course a little bit. If you're Chicago, right, oh, and by the way, it was a healthy competition between Trubisky and Foles for the starting quarterback job. Get out of here. Are you serious right now? Are you for real? You mean to tell – okay, here's the thing. If it was such a healthy of a competition between Foles and between uh, Mitchell Trubisky, you mean to tell me that they're 2-0 and and you're going to go ahead and yank him anyway. Yeah, sounds like a pretty healthy competition. Sounds like you were, looking for, you were looking for a reason to yank him anyway. Right. And I think uh, 
and I think Matt Nagy finally grew a set and was like, I don't care what this GM is. I don't care how many picks this GM took or, or gave up to go get Trubisky. We're giving ourselves the best chance to win, and it's Nick Foles. So NFL GMs are so worried about their jobs or about the investment that they made to make themselves look better. They are saving their ass and trying to basically justify to either the owner or the fan base on the amount that they've spent on their quarterbacks instead of going out, changing course, and shaking things up a bit. That's the only reason why Cam Newton goes 86 days and really all the other, uh, you know, all of the other uh, uh, GMs across the league. Okay, you should be put on notice and you, you should be ashamed of yourself that you let Cam Newton stay out there long enough to where Bill Belichick swoops in, takes him, and then it, the Pats offense doesn't look like they missed a beat. Are you kidding me? Nonsense, BS, softies. Softies for GMs that you can't come up with, a, you, you can't you know uh, uh, mix things up a bit, take a chance on a former NFL MVP, and just let them go back to the Pats and they're just as good as they've ever looked. Stop. BS, nonsense, pussies. <laughs> we called it a bullshit. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I, I totally agree with you, Gif. I, I really do. And just to make one point, though, I do want to understand from, from your perspective, if you are the GMs, because I think the price tag for Cam Newton will be higher anywhere else, right? And the reason why I say that is because I think Cam Newton... He's in a perfect position in New England, don't get me wrong. But to have a guy like Bill Belichick run the show, you can kind of say, all right, I'll take a discount. I'll show you what I'm worth, right? Whereas if he goes to, you know, say, like you said, the, the New York Jets or, you know, some crap bag team, right? How much, are, how much are you willing to give him? Because he's not going to want to play for $6 million, I'll tell you that right now. I'll tell you that right now, he's not going to pay $6 million to play for the New York Jets. $6 million. That's not going to happen. But I would like to know what other offers he could have gotten. Like, if, if there was another team that kind of, you know, was, was sniffing around, right? Like the Jacksonville Jaguars or, you know, even the, the L.A. Chargers were, you know, kind of looking into it with Tyrod Taylor being one of his good friends and, Chicago Bears even, right? So I, I really want to understand what his market value would have drawn up because the Patriots got, it's like the Clarence rack. Like you got something really nice that you found and you got it for, you know, half the money that you could have spent. So it's smart shopping by, by the Patriots. You wait around, wait around, and then, you know, he just kind of falls in your lap saying, hey, I know there's no other team that wants to give you a shot, but we are willing to, and here's our price tag. That's just good business. That's good business on their standpoint. It's good business, but like, okay, so you mean to tell me that 60 days into this, no one's going to give him a call and he's going to drop his price tag? You mean to tell me that, that 60 days in, he's going to, I mean, he wants to be employed. So you at least can't kick the tires specifically. Like, take a flyer. If he's not good in camp, cut him. That's what the NFL does all the time. Well, that's what the Patriots did. The Patriots really didn't, like, of course, they saw like you know uh, definitely some potential in Cam Newton, but no way did they think that he was going to turn out the way he has been. I mean, I, I just look at his injury proneness, the the fact that you know he has a history of injuries and he just hasn't been able to 
fulfill what he's always been um, because of those injuries. So I think that plays a serious factor. But like you said, um, you know, make him earn it in training camp, see how he does, and give him a fire. But, yeah, a lot of teams just said, no, that's not going to happen. But um, speaking of a team that you said that I think he would have been a good backup quarterback, because I think Matt Ryan's still a good quarterback, it's just they have crap luck, is the Atlanta Falcons. Um, they blew another double-digit lead. Listen to this clip. Third down and eight with the Bears already in field goal range. The pass is caught in the end zone for a touchdown by Anthony Miller. The Chicago Bears take the lead with a minute 53 seconds remaining. In this quarter, Matt Ryan has gone 0 for 7. The parade on the Falcons continues on this podcast. I feel bad for all the Falcons fans that may have tuned in, but I'm sorry. All four of them. All four of them. Um, Specifically, I just, I can't fathom Dan Quinn, okay? It's unprecedented. Dan Quinn is a defensive coordinator. He comes from the Seattle Seahawks, correct? He was the assistant coach for Seattle, the defensive coordinator for Seattle. And yet, their defense is in shambles. And for whatever reason, he can't put a product on the field that he feels comfortable winning a football game night in and night out. And for whatever reason, they just can't hold on to leads. And I agree. I think you said it perfectly. It's the Belichick ghost that's still around. It's it's just very, very dreary of them. It's a scary moment where they it's, it's vital to their organization to get away from that. Because if this continues and this just keeps happening at every single game, every single week, they've hit two weeks in a row that they got outscored again. 50 to 20 in the second half of the game. That cannot happen. And if it continues to happen, you are point blank correct, Giff, when you say Arthur Blank should flat out go into Dan Quinn's office and says, hey, you're fired. You're fired. You're not doing your job. It's like anytime you're not performing in your job and you get complacent, and that's what Dan Quinn's doing right now because he's not changing things up. He's just willing to blow leads away and not change it up. I think over the course of your coaching career, you hit a, a brick wall and you just become complacent. Again, you just sit there, you're comfortable, and this is what it is. And I'm sorry, the Falcons, they have a very good team. And there's no way, there's absolutely no way that they – should they should not be competing for the NFC South. They should be. They should be all over that division. And for whatever reason, they just can't put a total team effort together. And again, they blew another double-digit lead against the Chicago Bears, as that clip uh, alluded to. And it just keeps on continuing. When does it stop? When does it stop? Uh, I think it stops when... Well, I don't think it's going to stop when he gets fired. And I'm going to say, and I, it, and I'm going to say when, because it, it, it's a matter of time. And specifically, if they go into Lambeau and get their asses kicked, um, that 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 should be a wrap uh, when, it, when it when it comes to that. And, and again, just to rehash earlier, like you know how how easy that the pendulum can swing as far as your uh, historical place as a quarterback. You know, like I said earlier, Matt Ryan wins that Super Bowl. He's got as many Super Bowls as Aaron Rodgers has as many Super Bowls as Drew Brees has one more than Dan Marino, plus the numbers that he's put up consistently over his career. Yeah. You know, he's historically a good quarterback, and who knows? Listen, he wins that Super Bowl. Might be might be 
quasi Hall of Famer? Who knows, right? Conjecture, but um, yeah, that 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 team's a, 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 a just they're they're given two for one deals off of comeback wins. They really are. Uh, <laughs> it's, they a just, they just, uh, it's a yeah, dumpster fire. It's a dumpster fire. They're a dumpster fire. And like I said, maybe they should, you know, go into the game down 28 nothing, just switch it up a bit. Bullshit! So my uh, my second and uh, our last, uh, that's BS, um, kind of call of the week is that um, when coaches want to put up their genius ahead of putting the team in a best position to win. To read to keep it a fumble, and the Packers have it with a chance to run for Zadarius Smith. He's brought down right, the 46 so yard Packers, line. Saints, Sunday Night Football. Fourth quarter, uh, about eh, I think close to eight, eight, but it was like seven or eight minutes left. Packers go forward on fourth and one on their own, I think 48 40. or 49. Yeah, yep. yep. On their own, close to midfield. They get stuffed. Uh, by the way, that initial positioning of the ball was a joke. Aaron Jones got stopped about, uh, I think it was either Jones or Jamal Williams, got stopped about a yard and a half behind where they were supposed to get to and somehow they gave him a first down, which they went back and, and looked at. Um, they but, said, oops. <laughs> yeah, whoops, yeah, that wasn't even close. Nice job, crew. Um, so basically, so it's 27-27, about eight minutes left to go. Packers get stuffed at midfield. All of the momentum is on the, the Saints side. All of it. They're, they have the ball at midfield. They're going to go down. They only got 50 yards to go to go up in the game. And the first play that they run out of a judge. Now, mind you, this is the next play after they stuff um, Kamara. the Packers. Yep. Oh, the, well, yeah, they, they, the Packers. Sorry. Yeah, Aaron Jones. Yep. They, they stuff. Uh, they stuff Aaron Jones. The next play. Now, was it Drew Brees? No, oh, oh Drew, Drew Brees didn't, didn't throw the ball. Oh, it might have been Kamara who had uh, 177. To- oh, it, it wasn't. It wasn't him either. So, what did they come up? Oh, it's a run play with their quote unquote Swiss Army knife, uh, Taysom Hill. Now, I made the point today that hey, listen, if he can do all of these things, he can't do one of them real well because they use him all over the field. They even fell in love with them when they got beat uh, by Minnesota last year in the playoffs. Way too much Taysom Hill for a playoff game. Like, that. that's fine if you want to use that gadget stuff during the regular season. But if you are uh, in the playoffs, and the, by the way, the previous two years, you got your hearts broken, you got to go in and you got to handle business. Taysom Hill can stay on the sidelines, or you can use him as a blocker. But the next play, after they stuff the Packers, Taysom Hill... Some sort of read option, design run, up the gut. Zadarius Smith comes in, knocks the ball loose. Packers get the ball back. They go down, kick a field goal. Then the the Saints punt. Mm-hmm. They do four and out. And then the Packers go down and score a touchdown, going up 10 with about two minutes left. Win the game. Yep. Win the game. So here's my BS call of the day. Sean Payton, we all know he's a good coach. However... Loves to get he, cute. Loves to get cute. He loves to get cute, and he loves to prove to everybody that he's different, that he is an offensive genius, that he knows Guru. better. Guru. That's such a dumb word. 
uh, it, 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 a guru. Like, really, you're playing football, okay? Don't be a guru. If you you can be a guru in science, you can be a guru in any of the other important things, but get not a guru in football. Stop it. More like a goober. Yeah, exactly. So, if you are a coach, your the main thing that you are supposed to do is put your team in a position to win on every snap of the ball. Bill Belichick is a great example of this. You ever see Bill Belichick getting cute? No, you don't. You never see him get cute at all. Now, Andy Reid does not get cute because he knows how to use all the weapons for Kansas City. He used to. He used to get cute. He used to get cute, but now he has the weapons to to, to run that offense. But don't tell me, Sean Payton, that you were trying to win or you were putting your, your your team in the best position to win because in the second half or in the first half, the Packers couldn't stop Kamara. No. Couldn't stop him. And previous to that, he had a 55-yard run that was laughable about how many people, like legitimately, if it was flag football, he still would have gone in because nobody touched him on that, on that screen pass. It was right. asinine. So don't tell me that you're trying to win the ball game when right out of the chute – you're going to give the ball, not to Drew Brees, not to Alvin Kamara. You're going to give it to a quarterback slash H-back slash tight end who sometimes gets the get. Ah, stop it. It doesn't work. And then it doesn't work. Proved you wrong. Right. Do not get cute. Use what brought you to the dance, and that's Drew Brees, and that's Alvin Kamara. So that was instant karma. It flipped the game entirely. Momentum right, went right back on the Packers' side. And they ended up winning the game. And I guarantee you, if these teams are close and if it comes down to a tiebreaker later on in the year that results in either home field or home field throughout the playoffs, that is going to bite Sean Payton in the ass and that's going to make him feel awful because it's that one particular play that swung that entire game all because you wanted to be considered a genius and a guru. You got cute and you got burnt. Right. And to that point, too, I will say the uh, the Saints took a page out of the Falcons in the Super Bowl when they played the Patriots because Devontae Freeman could not be touched in that game. Could not be. Like, for whatever reason, he went off. I think it was like 130 yards, somewhere somewhere about that, right? And the Patriots could not stop the run. Well, what does Atlanta do? They try to be cute, right? Matt Ryan drops back for the pass, and um, Dante Hightower comes in and, and knocks the ball out. Again, that is bad coaching. That, that like you said, that Sean Payton play has similar vibes to what Dan Quinn did in, in the Super Bowl. And like you said, if it comes down to it and the Saints lose the number one seed because of that play, my goodness, is Sean Payton not going to be happy with himself. He, can't be ha- he cannot blame this on Taysom Hill. He can't blame it on – the only thing he can blame it on is his, himself because he earned that. He earned it. You don't run that play on first down. That is blasphemous to, to run that. We called it a bullshit. <laughs> so with that being said, uh, Giff, it's it's the final minutes of our show. You have any uh, final thoughts? Yeah, uh, quick, uh, quick. Uh, it's not breaking news anymore, but Doc Rivers is out as as Clippers head coach. Wow. No yep. way. Yep, he's, he's out. So you can tell. That's that huge. Ballmer, 
Ballmer is not here to take part. He's here to take over, to use a Conor McGregor quote. But, uh, yeah, I think that's a big move from from Ballmer, and I think that shows you that that dude is there to win. That's ballsy. I mean, that's ballsy. That's a, that's a ballsy move, but you can't you, – I, 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 I like the move, and it's always good to get a guy out or at least to get a coach out too early than it is too late. And I think that um, – Who takes over for Doc? Know, Oh, that's a good question. Ty Lue. Yeah, that's not a bad shout. I think it, yeah, it might be. It might be Ty Lue. Um, or Sam Cassell. Yeah. I, I, I keep hearing these things about Sam Cassell being a, you know, an uprising coach, but I don't think he's made for the Clippers just yet. I think the pedigree that Ty, Ty Lue had in Cleveland handling, you know, different characters in the locker room and on the court, you know, he handled it well. He won a championship out of it. I mean, I, I would definitely, I would say internally, maybe Paul George and Kawhi Leonard were pushing to get Ty Lue to be the coach and force Doc out. That's the only thing yeah. I can think of. Sure. But, um, yeah, uh, gutsy move from Ballmer. But, um, yeah, we'll see We'll see what coach uh, what coach takes over, if it's Ty Lue or, uh, you know, Gasell or, or, or whomever. But, uh, yeah, definitely uh, – didn't see that coming at all, but I, I think Ballmer, like I said, he's there to win. And listen, they have a new they have a new stadium that they need to fill whenever people get back in there. So Englewood, yeah, I think it's better to do it too early than too late. But yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Agreed, agreed. Well, that's breaking news about an hour ago, right? Maybe a half hour ago. Um, so I, I I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked because I think Doc Rivers kind of earned it the way that they played against the the Nuggets. Um, but it really quickly before we close this out, isn't it funny how one game you can slip away to break your career? Like all they had to do was win one more game, gift, and Doc Rivers would have been free. But since the Denver came back, the Denver Nuggets stole Doc Rivers' job away. And I'll tell you what, hands down, one of the best you know comebacks I've seen in NBA history for, for a long time because it was just a dismantle job by the Nuggets against the Clippers. And, man, Doc's just got to be shaking his head saying, oh, if we just won that one game, my job would have been okay. But since we lost, it's not even on the hot seat. It, it was just you're out. Right away, you're out. You didn't earn it. You're out. I think, uh, I think Doc ends up in Philly. That's my guess. That's not a bad. That's not a bad guess. It's either him or Mike D'Antoni. Mike Mike D'Antoni should not be in the conversations, but I hear a lot of buzz with Mike D'Antoni. But since Doc Rivers is now a free agent, I mean, why not? So, um, yeah, I, Giff, I had fun here. That's BS is a new segment. We're gonna start doing it more and more often, um, and we appreciate all your time. And you know, hopefully, we have another you know great week coming up in the sports world and. I appreciate your time, Gaff. All right. Thanks, buddy. It was fun. Let's do it again soon. Will do. Thank you all for tuning in.